Okay, Merivir Abaisai. Let us continue, Bezer Hashem, here in the seventh chapter of Shara Bitochoin. And Chavisov is now going to play up a whole series of levels in terms of from when we are all small children. And we don't remember from them, but when we observe small children and how they behave in terms of their bitokin, and how as they get older and more mature, how their bitokin sort of shifts from one person to a different person. A small infant, a baby, right in the beginning of his development, if you would ask an infant, you would ask a baby of three weeks old, where does your sustenance come from? Where does your food come from? Where does your parnasa come from? How do you get nourished? So if the baby was able to talk, we would say, where I get it from? I get it from the Dodim Shalimi. That's where he gets it from. From his nursing from his mother. Nursing from its mother, that's where he gets it from. It thinks as if that's the source of its sustenance. Like the Pasuk says, Tavarmelech describes that when he was able to suckle from the Shadayim of his mother, he calls that Mavtichi. I had my bitochen, I had my security from that sustenance. As if he doesn't even attribute it to his mother. It's just the Kalim themselves that he's saying, that's where I get my sustenance from. That's the the highly immature mind of an infant. That's all it knows. That's where it gets it from. But then as it develops its cognizant abilities, then he realizes, no, really it's his mother who's providing. Because he sees, look how much his mother takes care of it. The baby realizes the mother feeds it and bathes it and swaddles it and holds it. Oh, it's a whole different story. I see, I'm not trying. I used to think that in the mind of the child, I'm trusting the Shadayim Shalimi, where the actual milk comes from. That's not the source. The source is the mother, not my mother herself. That's the source of what everything that's being provided for me. Like David Amal describes that type of situation. He says, That my nefesh was so calm. He's describing that his betochen and Hashem was such as, as if he was just in the arms of his mother. Just like a baby in the arms of its mother, famous marshal of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, that if you would ask a child, a, a, a three-week-old child that's going from one place to the next, the mother's holding it, he goes to the supermarket, then the mother goes to the bank, and then the mother goes for another errand, then the mother comes home, a whole day the, the child being schlepped from one place to another place. And if you would be able to go into the mind of the child, that little baby, and say, child, where have you been today? The child's not going to say, I was at the bank, and I was at the supermarket, and I did that errand, and that place. That's not what he's going to say. The child said, I was in one place the whole day. I was in my mother's arms the whole day. Dovid Amalek describes, that's my situation. Dovid Amalek says, it's not like I was fighting a war now and I was dealing with people and I was learning in the base medrash. 
That wasn't David Amelok. David Amelok says, by me, my situation is, I felt I'm just being hugged and being swaddled by a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's the level of Bitochen that David Amelok had. He describes it, the analogy he gives in, in terms of, a, of an infant, of a baby, who doesn't know any better, who just knows the mother takes care of it for everything that it needs all the time. <clears throat> the the marshal that we once gave early on, it was a marshal that I, I described that a, a game I used to play with my children when they were when they were younger. And that they would have to stand with their back facing me, when their feet are together, and they would have to free fall backward. And I would catch them. And at first I would catch them only at a few inches away, and then at a foot away, and then the game was, the thrill was, that I would let them fall all the way almost to the floor and catch them over there. And the, the game was, how much trust do they place in the, their father behind them catching them? Okay, So obviously the child knows the father only wants what's best for them. The child knows that the father is strong enough to catch them, will catch them, is only doing this for their good, and with that security, that knowledge, they're able to throw themselves into their father's arm. David Amalek says, this is my attitude always for everything in life. I throw myself into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's arm. I know he's strong enough to catch me. I know he only wants what's good for me. I know he doesn't want to ever hurt me, and he's capable of catching me, and that's, that's how David Amalek lived his life. So here, in terms of the development of a child, he starts off thinking that the food sustenance from his mother, that's where he gets everything. Then he realizes, it, the picture opens up a little bit, and he sees, no, it's my mother that takes care of me for everything. Continues the And then when the child gets a little bit older, now already he's a young, a young lad, and he realizes, he looks at what's happening, and he says, I thought as an infant that my mother is everything. Everything is just my mother providing for me. Veroya, but then he sees as a as already as a toddler and as a young boy. Now I see that every time my mother really needs something, she says, Oh, she asked my father, could she have some money for this? Or could he arrange this for her? Or could he take care of that for her? So he sees that oh his mother's actually relying on on the on the on the father, on his father. He says, oh, I'm switching in my mind. I don't want to really trust the, the sort of the second in command in his life. Let me trust the one who even my mother places her trust in. So he's going to shift over and place his trust on his father. Man, that's all very good when he's living at home. And he's a young child, and his mother takes care of him. And he's, in, he's already a little older, and he's in, even in his teenage years. And he sees that the father is able to provide for him a lot and take care of things. But then, he's old enough. He's off on his own. But then, when he becomes mature and strong enough on his own, he's now fending for himself. He's already starting to work. He got his first job. He bought his first car. He's uh, he's starting to to uh, exercise his independence. So now, all of a sudden, about similar things to that. Now, 
Now, who does he shift his bitachin to? Oh, it's not his his old mother anymore. Yeah, she was good when he was a little boy. Not his father anymore. Eh, the old man. Now it's himself. Now he feels he has the strength. He has the capability. So he shifts his trust and confidence on his own abilities. El koi his strength. V'tachbulosoy, and his wisdom, his shrewdness. Why? Why? Why is he? Why is he trusting this person, the other person himself? Says the Chavos of Avos. The reason why this is, is because he never had a chance to grow out of this system of trusting in other people. As a little baby, he trusted his mother, then he trusted his father, then he trusted his friends, then he trusted his teacher, he trusted his principal, he trusted his boss. And then he starts trusting himself and his abilities. He was never able to shift it off to where the trust should go. So he explains that's why, that's why this is the, the phenomenon we find by most people, that they start trusting in themselves and their own ability. It's all they don't realize that everything they've had from the, the ability to nurse from the mother to all the things that the mother provided for it for all the things that, that the father then helped the mother in providing with the child and then the child himself where he's older and he's already working and he's a capable person and yet they think it's all their abilities and not realizing there's been one source all of this time that's been providing him each breath, that's been providing him all of his faculties, that's been providing him all of the wisdom that he has, that's providing every area of success that he's ever had has been orchestrated by on high, and he never realized that. Because Hashem has just been good and good without sort of making a stop to it, without taking it away, without making the person aware that maybe it's not the way you've been seeing it your whole life until now. Quite a, a stark analogy that he brings. One of the pious people living at the times of the Chavah Vazavah said, He had a neighbor who was a very skilled writer. Either he wrote Sifrei Torah, or he wrote books. He was a skilled writer. And he earned a living from his writing. So his neighbor, the pious one, said, How's business, my dear neighbor? How are things going? He says, He says, As long as I have my hands, things are great. I am totally confident things could be great. You know, in the, my, my mother-in-law always says, you give her a cell phone and a full tank of gas, she's fine. She can get anywhere. You know, a GPS, the phone call, tank of gas, she's good to go. So that's the way, that's the way people think. The attitude is, and, and we'll see what happens in the end of this story, but the attitude of this person was, as long as I got my hands, I'm fine. I'm perfect. The end of the story was, that evening, his hand got chopped off. Wow. He was never able to write again. Why did that happen? 
It was a punishment from Hashem Allah Shabbatach al Yodai. That's because he trusted in his abilities and his hand too much. Obviously, as the Mashkiach Zogazunsang pointed out, there's, there's a way to say it that's correct, and there's a way to say it that's incorrect. If a person says, how's business? And you say, well, listen, Baruch Hashem, Hashem gives me the ability to use these hands to write with, to build with. As long as Hashem provides that for me, then I'll be fine. That's a good attitude. The same thing, well, as long as Hashem allows the customers to come, as long as Hashem gives me the wisdom to be able to make business deals, as long as Hashem gives me the kayak to be able to heal my patients, to do my work, then I'll be fine. You want to know how my things are? How's business? However Hashem decides my business is and gives me the ability to do it, that's what it'll be. But this person didn't look at it that way. This person has business. Business is great. I got my two hands. I'm fine. I write for a living. I got my hands. Everything is set. Oh, Hashem says, you're trusting in your own hands. You're trusting in your own abilities. Hashem says, I have to teach you a lesson over here. He says, let me see what happens when I just take away your hands. That's it. Just take away your right hand. You have everything else. Your mind is there. Your faculties are there. Your health is there. That's it. I just took your hand away. I mean, I give you everything. Yeah, you can't have such a complaint. If I only take away just one hand, I mean, you have so many other limbs. Ah, but that's the source of everything for him. So that's the, the attitude has to be. So that we see from already a young child, we're trusting this person, we're trusting that person, until we trust ourselves. And since we never had the ability to sort of grow out of that and realize that all the whole chain of command, like we saw last night, there's a whole chain of command, the Melech instructs the deputy, the deputy instructs the, the sergeant, the sergeant instructs the etc., etc., all the way down the chain. The one that's most closest to the effect and the result is the most weakest link in the chain. That's the least capable. The one furthest away, the one we can't see the most, that's the most capable. That's the Beirayolam. That's the Creator Himself. So here, that's also, we have to grow out of this notion of that there are so many people who are involved in our lives that we trust and we have to realize, we have to go up the chain of command to ultimately realize who is the only one in control. The only one of control of everything, of all our being, all of our mind, all of our health, and everything that we do and we are, is only HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, Hashem, next week we'll continue along in the last chapter here, how he develops this theme further. HaKutanach, HaKutan Shabbos.